It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome into the Arts After College podcast powered by KSLSports.com. I'm Kyle Ireland, and alongside me, as always, is the one and only Sam Farnsworth of Twitter fame of apparently <laughs> uh, KSL broadha- Broadcast House's uh, Halloween. How, like, what is it? What's happening behind you, Sam? Are we, are we doing a haunted house at Broadcast House these days? I don't know. We, we like, look, I don't even know where that mask came from. Uh, there, for, if you're listening, there's a, uh, like a creepy, scary mask that someone left here years ago. I don't know. But last year I found it. We have a giant cardboard cutout of BYU head coach Kalani Sitake, and I've put the mask on him, uh, on the head and I just hide it in different locations <laughs> and it spooks people. And I don't know, I'm very juvenile in some, in some ways. And that's one of them. I love, <laughs> I love little pranks and I get a kick out of it and, I'm sure it's going to, what goes around comes around. They're just going to get me back, but that's what we got going on. The uh, Alex Smith uh, cutout behind you is less <laughs> scary. I'll say that much. Uh, just that he's uh, so young in that that's back in his Utah days too, but yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. It's uh it's pretty wild to think about how long, how long ago he was at Utah. 2005. Right. Yeah. That I'm was thinking about it and I'm like, that was half of my lifetime ago, but it, really when I think about it, it really feels like it was like maybe like seven years ago or something like that. Yeah. Pretty crazy. So, He's a, yeah. Um, speaking of quarterbacks, though, I, I want to start off the podcast this week, Sam, because we're recording on Friday. What is it? The uh, 21st now? Yeah. And so last night was Thursday night football featuring uh, a pretty fun matchup, uh, the Cardinals and the Saints. And I actually tweeted this out before the game. The NFL.com website, their main graphic before the game was like featuring Kyler Murray and Taysom Hill. Those were like the two bigger play because you know you usually have like a couple of different players or whatever. Like Taysom was the prominent vocal point of like the Saints graphic um, on that side of things. Um, so you had Taysom Hill, who isn't a quarterback, but was playing against Ty- Kyler Murray. Um mm-hmm. and you had the Saints who I mean, Andy Dalton, since Jameis Winston stuff, suffered his back injury a few weeks ago, has really done an okay job, I thought, up until last night, week seven. He'd taken care of the football, which they pointed out numerous times during the game on uh, Amazon's broadcast of the game. And then all of a sudden, like in the first half, like the Saints are up uh, 7-0, thanks to Rashid Shahid, former Weber State uh, standout scoring his uh, second touchdown on his second touch all time mm-hmm. in the league, which is pretty impressive. But then the second quarter just unravels for the saints. They throw three interceptions Dalton does. And two of them are pick sixes on back-to-back drives late in the second quarter. And so then all of a sudden going from having a four point lead to start the quarter, you're going down double digits going into halftime. And then in the second half, it seemed like 
Dalton continued to struggle and then they put up some garbage points there late in the fourth quarter to make that score look a little closer than that game actually was Sam. But I noticed on Twitter, there's a little bit of conversation about whether or not Taysom Hill should have been in there taking some snaps at quarterback. So I want to get your take on that. What, what do you think the saints should be doing with Taysom Hill? Should they be utilizing him more at quarterback? Like I didn't really see him, get on the field much late in that game, if at all, in the second half. Yeah, so uh, it's funny because before the game started, you know, Jameis Winston, he was suited up back in uniform on the sidelines. And, you know, obviously it was one of those situations where um, emergency only, right? right. They still, they still kind of want to hold on a little bit, give them another week before they really are, are throwing them back in there. But I, uh, I told after that touchdown by Dalton to Shahid, I told – my coworkers here, I'm like, guys, like Andy Dalton's going to have to screw up for, for Jameis Winston to come back as the quarterback of the Saints. He's going to have to screw up. And then there you right. go, three interceptions in a row. Now, <laughs> not all of them. You, you know, that's, you totally jinxed him. Yeah, yeah, that's what they were saying. That first pick six, not totally, that not his fault, right? Through the, through the right. hands of his receiver, uh, popped in the air and picked for six. Um, the, the first interception he threw in the end zone, that was one I'm sure he would want want back, you know. And then that second pick six, he was under duress. He he kind of forced something that he thought, you know, maybe he could. He didn't see that that uh, Isaiah Simmons floating in the middle there. If he could have gotten over him, he had a wide open receiver, but he didn't. Uh, and that turned it out turned out to be a pick six. Should Taysom Hill have come in to play quarterback? Might so my argument for for Thursday night's game against the Cardinals is no, because you go into every week, and I'm sure he takes some reps at quarterback in practice, but you go into every week with a game plan and a preparation process. Um, and uh, unless it's an emergency there, I don't think you're going with Taysom. You're going to ride out Andy Dalton. And overall, take away the, the pick sixes, and I know that's a big part of the game, but All I right. think Andy Dalton was playing you know, more, more than good enough for the Saints, what they needed for the night. Moving forward, what should they do? Again, I just feel like Taysom's value is as he is. This, and I don't like the word gadget, but this kind of do-it-all guy. He can do everything, you know. And that what shocked me about Thursday night's game is when the Saints got into the red zone, not just the red zone, when they got inside the 10-yard line more than once. Right. I was like, okay, it's Taysom time, right? Is he coming in? Whether he would have been under center, whether he would have been a single back, a split back, whether he would have been uh, split, you know, wide in, in the slot or something or, or whatever, sure. uh, like, like we saw early in the game when he caught the touchdown, well, why isn't Taysom Hill in every single red zone or 10 yard line or closer package? He should be every single time because every team in the league knows that he is very capable of scoring. So even if he's not in there sure. to get the ball, he's a very valuable decoy. And he wasn't even out there. And so that's what shocked me more than anything. Should he be getting more snaps at quarterback? I still think unless disaster happens with Dalton and Winston, that Taysom is still more valuable to the Saints and to whatever team he's on as this guy that can really do it all. Well, the crazy thing is he's probably their most valuable tight end, if you want to even call him that considering he had his first touchdown catch in two seasons last night. Uh, I thought that was kind of funny. But funny but thing then, is, is I, I had to look it up. I had to look up the Saints depth chart because I was trying to remember uh, Luton. Is that his name? I yeah. still, I was trying yeah, to remember. Jake Luton. Yeah, Jake Luton. I was like, I was like, I'm like, is he 
even on the game day roster. I had to look it up. And they, uh, on on ESPN's depth chart, and, and yeah, Luton, to answer the question, Luton is on the practice squad. I didn't realize right. that. And Taysom is listed as the third quarterback. He's also listed as the third tight end. So, you know, it's 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 kind of interesting that, that they've got him in both. But yeah I, yeah, I had to look that up last night to see where they had him listed. I mean, Chris Olave is pretty good. Michael Thomas, when he's on the field and healthy, is really, really good. And he has not been himself. And I mean, he didn't play last year. So really, like Taysom's probably their first or second best skill position guy when he's yeah. not playing quarterback, right? And so if you take him out of those roles, you're losing a valuable valuable weapon for whoever the quarterback is. So I understand that. And then I also wonder when he is getting these so-called reps at quarterback, are those legit reps at quarterback or are they just wildcat wildcat reps? You know, like when he's in those goal line packages, Mm -hmm. taking those read option plays. I mean, last night they, they did have him throw the ball to keep the defense honest on him, which was Mm -hmm. a beautiful play. And I thought a pretty good ball from him as well. It might've been a little low, but I mean, it was like a 41 yard gain to Chris Mm -hmm. Olave. So uh, he's, He's just a he's a fascinating player because he's polarizing to a lot of NFL fans. They're like it feels like you're either team Taysom or uh not. And uh, I guess, you know, the Saints staff has clearly made that decision that he isn't a quarterback, right? Right. But it is an interesting talking point. And I will say those two pick sixes were pretty bad. But that first interception that he threw in the end yeah, zone that was the worst was, one. It was the worst one. It was unacceptable. Yeah. And at that point in time, I'm like, like you said, those are the plays. Those are the situations where Taysom Hill needs to touch the ball. It, another crazy thing that I noticed last night, Sam, how many touchdowns do you think uh, Alvin Kamara has this year? I don't know. Probably one or two. He I has zero. None. He has zero. And Taysom Hill has seven. That seven, blew my seven mind. And, because, and he's passed for one too. So Yeah. 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 It's just, it's pretty wild to, to think about how, how valuable he is to the Saints offense. But uh, Sam, I love that conversation. I uh, I want to get your your thoughts though, because I know you have thoughts on. We mentioned Rashid Shahid, mm-hmm. and uh, I have a feeling after last week. You, I mean, I was doing the recap last <laughs> Sunday, five days ago, and yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it's the first time in my my history, my tenure here with KSL, that I have put out a headline for an NFL recap that said former Weber state wildcats as like the lead. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is like an awesome week for Weber state. Um, so I, I just, I'm, I'm interested, Sam, did you, did you happen to go Weber state in your three stars again this well, last week? Well, we have, we have a, uh, before I answer you, we have a KSL sports live super fan. I'll call him that. Uh, no matter how much heckling he does of me and Jeremiah, because he watches every weekend and has something to say about the show. So he's got to be a fan if he likes the show, but uh, <laughs> he's a big Weber state fan too. And he will let us know, Oh, how did you not have Taryn? How did you not have so-and-so? How did you, where's the Weber love? Why the Weber hate all this, this, this. And uh, lately there's been a lot more Weber in our, um, in our uh, locals in the NFL segment yeah. that Jeremiah puts together on KSL Sports Live on Sunday night. And so I'm like, hey, Weber fans, this is another big week for you. So, yeah, my three stars might have a little bit of purple in it. So uh, without further ado, if you want, here we go. This is uh, this is it. Third star. 
Second and 17, under pressure again, and going down. This time, Caden Ellis. This is just effort, just tremendous effort inside. Number 55, he just keeps coming, just splits it, keeps coming. That is a tremendous effort by Ellis. Two big sacks is exactly what this Saints defense needed on this drive. Okay, so that's my my third star. Some of you might be thinking, well, well, who's that? Okay, Caden Ellis went to high school at Judge Memorial High School. He's the son of University of Utah, great former NFL lineman Luther Ellis, who is back on staff at the University of Utah as well. Caden, the reason why I threw him in there is because this is one of those work hard guys. He went to Idaho, right? I mean, yeah. Um, not a lot of guys from that school get into the NFL. I think maybe Mark Schlereth went there too, if I remember right, but I could be wrong. Uh, uh, <laughs> there's not a lot of people that come it's, out of it. It's the Alabama of the West, Sam. <laughs> right, right. There you go. <laughs> um, so, but here, not only that, but he's just one of those um, examples of someone, if you work hard enough and you really put put in the work, you're not going to give up, uh, that you will get opportunities. I, I've, right. I'm a firm believer that, People who work hard will be given an opportunity. And then what you do with that opportunity will determine whether you get more opportunities. Well, Caden Ellis has been getting a lot more opportunities in the Saints defense on the front. And on Sunday, he came through with his first career sack. So I, I had to give him props with my third star of the week. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool to see how he's progressed throughout his career because he really wasn't like getting any playing time. And then I feel like last year he really started to become – a standout for the Saints special teams unit. Mm -hmm. And he started making some plays here and there. Um, I want to say, if I'm not mistaken, I should look this up, but I think he had like a really big and like important critical, like fumble recovery from forced fumble last year. Um, But then like you're seeing him actually get reps on defense now and going out and proving his worth. Right. And, and the saints it's fun. I was back to, you know, just like, talking about Rashid Shaheed and Taysom Hill and stuff. I think that the Saints are now the number one team with local players from the state of Utah now. I think there's like four or five of them, yeah. uh, which is which is pretty cool because I think it used to be like the Seahawks and some of these other teams <laughs> that had quite a bit more. Um, but uh, the Saints are now the uh, the adopted team of the state, the, uh, state of Utah. Well, there we go. So that's my third star. Uh, all right, get your purple ready. Here we go. was trying to connect with the rookie Sky Moore and you're right Taron Johnson read it jumped it took it and may have iced it we talked to, to Sean McDermott yesterday and he, he we asked him who were the leaders on this defense of course he mentioned Vaughn Miller he mentioned Milano and he mentioned Taron Johnson the, one of the three guys That's exactly right Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. 
I'm Andrea Smartin, and my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Second star, I thought about that. I actually had a hard time figuring out if this guy was going to be uh, second or first, but Taryn Johnson, um, man, the guy is playing great every week. He was one of my three stars last week. He's in it again because he comes up just big time and crazy athletic acrobatic interception to seal the deal against Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs. What a play that was by Taryn Johnson. And, um, you know, a lot of credit to, uh, to my man, Vaughn Miller too, for uh, creating the pressure getting in on a couple sacks, but, but, uh, it, it, it pass rush and coverage in the secondary they go hand in hand it's like it's like the the tandem you have to have them both to really have a good defense and uh Taryn capitalizing on one of the rare I don't even know if it was a mistake just just yeah that was a great play that he made to to pick off the the pass from Patrick Mahomes it was one of those plays where it was like Mahomes was kind of rolling to the right a little bit and like kind of side-armed it and it almost looked like the ball was like so far out in front that like unless Taron like he had to like go full extension like lay out for it right or else he doesn't get that ball he he might have gotten a finger on it and like broken up the pass but that that level of effort to be able to dive for it really was what made that play happen I think and then I mean game ceiling interception it's the Chiefs versus the Bills like that that was the prime game of week six and uh you know, to have him kind of capitalize and just like sell it for Buffalo is pretty cool. Yeah. He's been consistently near the top of the defense each week and tackles with uh, six tackles again last week. And of course that big interception. So if uh, you've been following along and you're wondering who that first star is, well, I, I think you probably got a good idea, but here it is. Sunday. This is Rashid Shaheed and Shaheed breaking inside the 10 to the 5 touchdown. Rashid Shaheed elevated from the practice squad just yesterday. His parents and a sister, collegiate track heroes. And he showed a little speed here. You see, the elite speed just does the rest. Shaheed went 44 yards, and the Saints on this burst by the rookie out of Weber State take a 14-7 lead. Thursday night. Play action. Dalton hangs in the pocket. Dalton going for an all-throws caught. Shaheed for the touchdown. How about this guy? Last week makes his debut with a 44-yard sweep. Now he catches a 53-yard touchdown pass two minutes and seven seconds into the game. Heck of a throw by Andy Dalton. Gets back, puts it out in front of Rashid where he can run underneath it, and he pulls away from Marco Wilson in one-on-one coverage. I had this decision made, Kyle, before what happened on Thursday Night Football, that Rashid Jaheed was probably going to be my first star because 
again, another example, going back to what I said about Caden Ellis, another example of someone who's been given an opportunity, right? He was promoted to the 53-man roster from the practice squad on Saturday. On yeah. Sunday, they put him in the game. They run that little uh, that little sweep reverse to, to him. 44-yard touchdown on first time he ever touched the football in the NFL. He turned right. on those jets that we saw him do so many times with Weber State. Seven career kicks returned for touchdowns. Uh, tied. That's that's tied for the record. FCS, FBS, all, all across college football. Seven career kick returns. He showed that speed. Well, then on Thursday night, what on earth is happening? Like, <laughs> I... I I had just walked out on set at, at KSL TV to do my uh, 6 p.m. sports segment, which hits around 6.20-ish or so. And my, uh, you know, my alerts on my watch go off. And all I see is from the producers here at KSL Sports, Shahid, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. I'm like, no, did he do it again? And I walk <laughs> back after the segment and I see the clip and I'm like, you got right. to be kidding me. His second career offensive touch because he did return uh, some kicks on Sunday, but his second career touch on offense, a 53 yard touchdown catch. And not only that, yeah. the way he finished with a guy dragging a guy across the goal line. My goodness, Rashid Shahid. I hope we see a whole lot more of this guy for years to come in the NFL. Yeah. The, uh, that, that picture. So if you go on kslsports.com, I have a story up on, on his touchdown and the featured image for the uh, story it's just him extending the football out <laughs> towards the goal line. And it, and the football is about at the one yard line in the, in the shot, but you've got his Jersey getting pulled down by, I mean, that play was pretty spectacular because it was double covered and he had both the, the corner and the safety on him. And he just, it was his speed, Sam, like he has that NFL speed. And that's mm-hmm. what got him the touchdown last week. It got him the touchdown on Thursday night football because he was able to get behind the defense. And, uh, you know, if he's if he's able to make plays like the last two weeks, I mean, I like you, I was shocked to see him on the offensive side of things and not like, a, you know, last week, first touch, you know, I'm like, okay, call him up from the practice squad. Like, it's more like a gadget kind of a play. Like, that's what I thought. So then to see him, like actually get a touchdown reception yeah. in his second game. That was what surprised me the most was the fact that they were like, Hey, like we're starting you a wide receiver now. Like, you know, like right. that that's a pretty big jump from going practice squad to all of a sudden, like you're making a big play like that yeah. in your second career game, uh, back-to-back touchdowns in two weeks. Pretty impressive for Rashid Shahid. Yeah. That was his only target of the game. Right. So they're easing yeah. him in, they're easing him sure. in, but they're giving him an opportunity. Again, it goes back to, okay, we gave you a guaranteed contract as an undrafted guy. Like, so he was getting two years of guaranteed, pretty yeah. decent money. And, and I, I want to say, let me, I have this pulled up. He had at the time, at least um, back when he signed in April after the draft, he was the sixth highest paid undrafted free agent, yeah. a guaranteed salary of over 200,000. I mean, yeah. that's pretty good for, so, for a so, guy to go. Yeah. So there's the definitely. And so, I mean, and like you said, speed, right? He's got the NFL speed. Here's the thing. He's got that rushing touchdown. He's got that receiving touchdown. Watch. It's, I'm not saying this, this uh, next week in, in 10 days when they're back on the field again or whenever. 
but he will have a return punt oh, or kick for damn. a touchdown. I thought you were going to say a throwing touchdown. I thought you were no, saying no, 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 he was no. going to join Taysom Hill and Zach Wilson as <laughs> the only Taysom players. Yeah, no. <laughs> he will have a return for a touchdown before Dax Milne and before Britton Covey does this year. He is going to. I, I swear. I mean, I'm just looking at the averages, and I, I know it's a small sample size still, but but the the yards per return on punts, 14 yards yeah. per return, 14 yard punt return is a pretty solid punt return. That's his average from last night's game. Uh, 23 yard kick returns, pretty pretty solid. I mean, he's gonna spring one. He's totally gonna do it. This is um, oh gosh, what's his name? Who who is Evan Hester? Old... Yeah, Hester, right? Yeah, he's the new and, Evan and Hester. Who, and and who was the guy for the Chiefs? Uh, X Man there. Um, oh. Back in the two early yeah. two anyway, I'll have the to look that up. Me. Yeah, yeah, but but the the like this is Rashid Shahid. This is the new version of that. And so, gosh, he's just one of those guys. I'm so excited to see him on the football field now. Now, when, after what he's done these last two games, when I see number 89 on the Saints on the football field, I'm like, all right, yeah. here we go. We got something brewing here. Well, that was the thing with him is like coming out of Weber State. He's a little small, right? Yeah, and if he can capitalize on his speed, he's not the tallest wide receiver out there, but he's one of the fastest ones. And so if he can be, you know, like I'm going to utilize my speed to like make up for whatever other deficiencies I might have there. It's a, uh, it's going to take him a long way. Um, Dante that's, Hall. That's all I know. Sorry. Dante, Dante Hall. Hall. Yep. That's what I was yeah. thinking of. No, you're good. I mean, that was like 15 years ago, Sam. So I know it's been a while. It's understandable. Yeah. He was awesome though. <laughs> the X factor. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So there's there's Rashid Jaheed. That's who he reminds me of a little bit. Well, Dante Hall, Devin Hester mix, huh? Yeah, there you okay. go. Well, Sam, uh, we've got Thursday night football. I don't think that was going to be one of your games of the week. Um, it wouldn't have been one of mine. But uh, I need to know out of the I'm looking at the whole slate. And the thing that's bumming me out, Sam, is we've got bye week started last week <laughs> in week six. Week seven, we've got these are the teams on bye. <laughs> got the bills the rams Mm -hmm. the vikings and the eagles you've got three of the four best records in the league and the defending super bowl champions who are not playing this week sam should should the nfl like be flexing these buys like when things like this happen because like nobody expected the vikings to be one lost team through you know six weeks right like i didn't expect it i mean right i I just wonder like well the yeah. Eagles, they're they're undefeated. The Bills, they're super good. Mm-hmm. They're super fun to watch. Like, you got to have one of those teams play this week, right? So the one thing, the reason why I would say they can't do something like that, obviously it's hard to predict, right? They put the schedule out. They, you know, when your bye week is before the season, but right. can they flex it? That's the question you're asking. And the thing is, if you if you flex teams out of their bye week and change their bye to another week, you're going to upset NFL players. And and the reason why is because I like they look forward to that bye week even if it's early in the season they love it when it's mid-season or a little later are you telling me that there's like a little vacation to like always they are going on vacation all the time they are they are taking a flight somewhere for three days where they can go and sit on a beach or something it's happening all the time john fox used to always say as long as uh i don't i don't want to read about you in the paper during the bye, I don't care what you do. I just don't want to read about you in the paper on the bye week. Uh, yeah. So he used to always say that when when he was uh, coaching the Broncos by about their bye weeks. So I, it's that they love their bye weeks, and they are. I tell you what. So uh, Sunday you have a game, 
Monday, you're coming in to, to kind of do a quick little, uh, you know, watch video of, of, of the game, maybe a quick little walkthrough, things like that. But Tuesday, the regular scheduled day off begins the bye week. And on Monday, like when we had open locker rooms to go in and talk to players, it, the place was vacant so fast, so fast. Those guys <laughs> were hurrying to get out of town, get, get on a plane back home or wherever it was yeah. they're going. They wanted to get away. It's just like us on the last day of school. Can't wait to get out of there. That's how the bye week. So that's the one reason why I would say there would be some backlash if the NFL started doing that from the players union, because they want to schedule. They they've got their bye week scheduled out probably right. back in August. Where are you going for your bye? Oh, I'm going to the sure. Caribbean this week. You know, I'm going to Acapulco, wherever, you know? So, uh, but I kind of like the idea. Um, but you know, Hey, it is what it is. There's still, I think there's always something to look forward to and fantasy football makes it interesting for fans to watch any team play. Right. Right. No, that's true. I just, if I'm a player, am I more ticked off about having to play a Thursday night football game after playing four days earlier on Sunday or having my bye week flexed? That's all I'm saying, Sam. Yeah, a lot of players don't like the Thursday night either, but what they do like is the uh, extended. They, they have a little longer weekend before they get back to work at least, but you're you're right. Yeah, I don't true. know. Hey, uh, I think that if, if you're going to play a Thursday night football game, the next game after that should be your Monday night football game. Right. Like that way you're giving them an extra day even to, to kind of make up for it. It's just two. I understand, why, games. Yeah, I understand why the NFL does Thursday night football, but my gosh, like injuries happen. Players hate it. It's an interesting, you know, topic of conversation, but it will probably never go away. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Sam, give me your game of the week. Now that I've complained okay. about my bye week <laughs> teams. So I'm looking forward to actually a, a game on Fox on Sunday afternoon. I think the Chiefs and 49ers are going to be a really interesting game. 49ers picking up Christian McCaffrey, yeah. big NFL trade that just came down on Thursday night, like during the game. Uh, I see, see those tweets coming out about McCaffrey to the Chiefs for four draft picks. Um, that's going to be int- or not to the Chiefs. I'm sorry, to the 49ers. It's going to be interesting right. to see how he um, gets incorporated into this offense in one week, less than one week, right? We're talking three days, you know, is he even going to be in uniform? I would like to think, yes, you, you are going to be in uniform. They're going to be able to script the first two series, you know, uh, first series, at least how offensive coordinators do it. And he will be a part of the scripted offense early. And then moving forward throughout the game, his role might diminish a bit. It just depends on how he feels comfortable, you know, what plays he understands by then, but that's really interesting sure. to see how he fits in and what change he possibly brings to this 49ers team that I think could still be a contender out of the NFC. Uh, Sam, I'm going to go with maybe uh, less popular games. Um, but the reason why I'm, I'm going to pick two and okay. I'm, I'm combining them for one reason. It's the New York teams. I'm looking at the giants mm. and the jets who have a combined three losses. Is this real? Like, are, are those teams good? Because the giants are five and one and the jets are four and two. I just need to see, Jets are on the road at the at the Broncos. Denver, as you know, Mile High is a really tough place to play. And then the Jaguars are hosting the Giants. And the Jaguars, three weeks ago, everybody was like, oh, Jacksonville's right. for real. They're legit. Right. And then now they have like a losing record. So it's like, is Jacksonville actually good or is New York actually good? We may yeah. or may not know that after that game on Sunday. But I think the Jets-Broncos game, it could be one of those games where really like Denver's on – you know, the last lifeline right now, right? Like they're on life support. And then the jets, like 
they win, they go five and two. Like, I that's a that's a potential playoff team, right? And like, that's something that I didn't think we'd say about the the Jets. Zach Wilson three and zero since he's come back. I know that he hasn't been amazing, but they're winning. So here's the thing with that game. I'll say this, and I'm not trying to defend the Broncos any. Zach's going to have his work cut you, out. You can't defend the Broncos, Sam. No. It's impossible right now. No, but Zach's going to have his work cut out for him. I, I heard one yeah. uh, one radio personality from KSL Sports Zone talking about how you know Zach's going to going to uh, you know run all over Russ Wilson this week. Well, think about what you just said. A and B, like quarterbacks <laughs> don't play. They say it all the time. Well, right. I don't play against their offense, you know, and that's the truth. Zach Wilson is going to have a tough time. This Broncos defense has been very good. They have just been given the raw end by having an offense that can't put the ball in the end zone. Sure. The one game where the Broncos defense really didn't show up was that Raider game where they gave up 32 points. Outside of that, the Broncos have only given up uh, 17, 9, 10, 12, and 19 points. You know, that's that's less than three touchdowns and so, in some cases um, less than a touchdown in a field, you know, two touchdowns would win the game in some of those cases. So uh, I'm just saying it's going to be tough. So I would, I'm very interested to see how Zach Wilson does against this Broncos defense, because if he can rise above uh, and play better than a lot of these opponents that they've gone against have done, then I'm going to say this Jets team is, is really for real, especially with Zach in, because like you said, they're on a little bit of a winning streak since he's come back. So that is a game that's going to catch my interest for more reasons than just it's the Bronco game. I think that, you know, week seven is going to be an interesting one, Sam. We'll, uh, we'll find out which teams are legit, which teams are, you know, their seasons are kind of down the toilet. I think there's a bunch of those matchups where we can write some teams off this week, but uh, check out Sam, his coverage all weekend long. You're not going to want to miss it. We've got high school football playoffs. We've got, a uh, big weekend of college football minus the Utes who are not in action this week. But we've got, you know, locals in the NFL every Sunday night. Sam, uh, thanks for hopping on with me again. As always, you can find Sam on Twitter at Samsworth underscore KSL. You can find me on Twitter at Kyle Ireland. Be sure to follow us on social media at KSL Sports and check out KSLSports.com. Until next week.